0: Discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there.
1: Well, I think, and I think your Christian worldview would would permeate that music. If that's really what you've submitted your whole life to, it's going to permeate it.
2: You're listening to Absurdity with Ryan Becker, the podcast where we embrace the absurdity of everything. From here, we can move conversations forward by learning how to communicate effectively, listen intently, and love patiently. Welcome to Absurdity. Hey guys, welcome back to Absurdity. I am Ryan Becker, your host. So glad that you are joining us. And today I have a really cool guest on the show. If you are a fan of hip-hop, or if you are a hater of hip-hop, uh, either way, you'll want to stick around for this interview. Uh, my good friend Davis Absolute is on the show, currently living out in California, but I met him a few years ago when I worked in Arizona, and he and I got a chance to work together. He is a rapper in in the hip-hop scene. Uh, he's Adventist. He's Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, most of his rap is, or actually all of his rap is all Christian, and uh, we interviewed shortly after he released his uh, full-length album Eden, which is available on Spotify, iTunes, and the like. So you can go ahead and check that out, and I'll include uh, links to those down in the episode description. But before we jump into our conversation with with Davis Absolute, I, I want to tell you about this really cool thing that I'd heard about, but I hadn't started using until this year. As a pastor, uh, reading scripture can be uh, sometimes difficult and that tends to be true across the board there's hard parts of scripture to get through there's difficult, there's painful parts of it to get through uh and there's boring parts of it to get through because i think sometimes we forget that scripture is a narrative it tells a story especially the old testament and some stories well they have really excited exciting parts and they have really boring parts um and history Tends to be that way as well, and and the Old Testament is primarily meant to be a history of Israel, a history of 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 God's relationship with His people, which means that it includes some parts that are boring and some parts that aren't. So, reading through Scripture is always difficult for me, but I found this cool app um, a few months ago, and I decided to put it to use just starting, uh, just starting in January, uh, the beginning of January. I started using this app. It's called the Read Scripture app, and it's from. Uh, the Bible Project, and what you do—it's a daily reading plan. You read, I think, it's three chapters a day, and I believe they follow the um, the Old Hebrew format of the Old Testament, meaning that you start in Genesis and you actually end in First and Second Chronicles. So they follow uh, the narrative of script uh, of of the Old Testament and of Israel's history a little bit differently and uh, then then the traditional Bible is uh, laid out. And they also include helpful videos along the way that give you some context about the covenants or um, about different parts of Israel's history or looking ahead towards the coming of a Messiah. But what I love about it is it gives you a definite um, start and end point uh, every day. And so um, right now I'm near the end of Genesis. I'm in the 30s. And uh, I really like this app because it gives me a set and a definite end point and a definite uh, start point. It gives me some hope through some of the boring parts because I know I'm only reading to a certain point. Um, some chapters are obviously longer than others of Scripture, but it really helps um, to read the Old Testament as that narrative. Now, there are a lot of people who ask me as a pastor where should I start reading the Bible if I've never written if I've never read it before, and the traditional answer is usually John it's uh, starting John or one of the Gospels because uh, they give you kind of an introduction to who Jesus is they give you a, a picture of of Jesus and um, they give you a picture of the parts of Jesus that we like. Uh, we, it gives us um, it's a safe part of scripture to start in because there's not a whole lot of controversial things um, that happen from God's side of the argument. And what I mean by this is if you read through the Old Testament, you're going to find some things that disturb you. You're going to find some things that that uh, challenge you and things that you have to wrestle with. And that's okay, as long as you know that that's what you're going to encounter. Um, the The Old Testament is filled with murder. It's filled with rape. It's filled with war and famine and death. Um, but also life, hope, salvation, all pointing towards the Messiah. And so there are things that you will find as you read through the Old Testament that, yes, are difficult to swallow. And here's why: it's history. Just because the Bible doesn't, re- or just because the Bible records it, does not mean it condones it. And I think that's something we need to understand while taking the Bible literally and while while taking the Bible as true. It's very important that we understand that it is writing primarily what is a history of God's people and his relationship with his people. And just because it records it does not mean it condones it, does not mean it approves of it or is calling you personally to live in a certain way. Um, There are times where people do things and they're terrible and they're God's people that do them. That does not mean it's an endorsement of those. It's, hey, look, this happened, this is real, and we have to live with now the ramifications um, a great example of this is the book of Judges. Uh, the book of Judges, kind of the prevailing theme, you'll see at the beginning and at the end of the book, uh, it says that everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And it kind of shows the the uh, what happens when we trust in, in human leadership too much. It shows um, what happens when everyone wants to do what's right in their own eyes. The book of Judges is not at all um in approval of the ways of man but it does record a lot of the failures of man it records Samson's failure for instance which is one of the most famous failures in all of scripture and it also shows the redemption of Samson so um you know as you read the old testament just keep those things in mind just because the bible records it does not mean it condones it but if you've been looking for a way to read through scripture uh, the Read Scripture app is great. It gives you those um, videos, and it gives you some helpful start and end points every single day to read through Scripture. Um, and currently, Genesis—I don't—I haven't looked through all of it yet, but obviously, but Genesis at least um, attaches a Psalm to the end of every reading. So even if you've read something kind of disturbing or difficult to to swallow, difficult to read through, um, you get to end every single reading session with a Psalm, um, which helps kind of reset that mood and reset the perspective that we read from. So just wanted to tell you guys about that. I'm currently journeying through it. If anyone is interested in having a conversation about it, you can go ahead and uh, get in in touch with me. I'd love to talk about it some more. So I'm going to let you meet my friend Davis Absolute as we talk about um, the hip-hop scene, as we talk about what his struggle has been um, in churches and where he's mostly performed, things like that. So we're going to jump right into this. Now, he—and you're actually going to hear this in the background— uh, he was at work when he recorded this because he he has a job outside of just performing and, and making music. And you can actually hear some, he just snuck into a closet at work and recorded this. So we only had about 20 minutes to talk, um, but I'm going to let this interview play through. And then at the end of the interview, um, I'm going to come back on. And in addition to my normal kind of extra stuff that I talk about, um, I'm going to give you some of my thoughts on this interview and kind of what we can learn from it, how we can treat each other better, that sort of thing. So here is my conversation with Davis Absolute. All right. Hey, everyone. I am here with Davis Absolute. He is a good friend of mine that I met out in Arizona when I worked there for a summer. Uh, Davis, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, who are you? What do you do? Uh, what's kind of your life story here in, in a nutshell?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, in a nutshell, uh, I would start off that I'm just a, a sinner saved by grace. But um, but yeah, man, I just do music. And uh, in addition to everything that else that I am, you know, father, husband, um, you know, Christian church member, uh, I'm also a rapper. And what, what makes, I think, my story a little bit different is that, you know— uh, when I was not saved, I was doing a lot of rap for just myself, you know, trying to build myself up, get famous, get money, get girls, whatever I could do and uh yeah i had a, had an experience with God, and he really shook me, woke me up, and you know ever since then, I've just dedicated myself to creating music for him, so that's pretty much in a nutshell a, a little bit about me and my background
2: sweet so so how did you how did you kind of become an artist
1: yeah i think I think the earliest memory that I have. You know, it was just kind of like as a kid, I wasn't like super athletic. I don't think I was like the smartest. So I was just trying to find something that I could pretty much be the head of or like the best at. And I didn't know any rappers. You know, I, I couldn't really sing. I didn't really like singing, but I liked rap. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try and be like a rapper, right? And just be real cool and real confident in that I'm the best at this. So I just started making music when I was like 12, 12, 13, honestly. Just started rapping over beats, finding beats, making my own. And um yeah just just started kind of building up on that. So I mean ever since I was 12, 13 I was making music. I didn't really start making Christian uh Christian rap music until I was about 21, 22 and that's when I really started, you know, dedicating myself just to using this as a tool for ministry and service.
2: Wow, that's that's really cool. I remember I met you um kind of I don't want to say the midpoint of this journey, but there, there had just. I it seemed like when I had met you, there had been kind of a crossroads that had happened prior to me meeting you, um, mm-hmm. and seeing your focus shift towards way more towards a Christ-centered um, lifestyle, Christ-centered decisions, and um, and Christ-centered rapping, even um, which to some people sounds um, they, they have a hard time kind of seeing God or seeing religion uh, involved in rap. They hear even. Uh, mainstream hip hop artists or rap artists and they're like that. I don't get it. Um, Can you kind Mm -hmm. of explain how this kind of works or how you see yourself in your mind um, in that way?
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, uh, you're spot on with your assessment that people are like, a Christian rapper, that doesn't really make sense because the popular conception is that, you know, rap music is, is more or less like an evil thing or a negative thing, right? Um, but the way that I kind of see it is just you know it, it, any other sort of art form or even uh, any other sort of vocation um, you know if you're a plumber um, or if you're a contractor if you're a computer engineer you know and and you're doing it for the Lord I think that there's obviously things that you can't compromise like quality uh, and pretty much you know whatever industry you're involved in but there are ways that you could represent Him and I think rap specifically even though there is a lot of negative stuff which I'm not going to deny. Um, about it, you know, as as a culture in the mainstream, you know, I think it's one of the best ways to actually represent Christ because it's so verbose, you know, there's so many words involved. There's so much metaphoric language and symbolic language that you see really in the Bible quite often. So, um, you know, I mean, being a Christian rapper, the way I see it is just like any other thing that I might do as a vocation or as something to serve God, but on a even, I, I would say an elevated level, you know what I mean? Because your reach is 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 wider. Your influence, I think, on people is more significant. You know, um, most people, for example, won't have the same pastor their whole life, but they'll listen to the same album their whole life, right? And whether that's a Christian album or not, you know, it doesn't really matter. They're influenced by that music and that message, you know? Um, So I think that, you know, as far as like influence and and what I do, I think it's just, I see it as service to God, but in a more grandiose way. Uh, I think we have a more Um, powerful platform to use for his, for his namesake.
2: Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I 100% agree with that. I think there's this push and I remember feeling it myself um, where if you're a musical artist and you believe in God, there's this push that you have to use those talents for God. And I Mm -hmm. think that's just a choice you make. Um, But in reality, it would be like any other vocation. Um, There's nothing different. There's no difference between a Christian plumber and a plumber. They both Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? So there's, there's no, there, there. Theoretically, um, there. I guess in content, there is a difference between a Christian rapper, quote unquote, and a non, or a uh, you know, an unbelieving rapper. But I think even if you just decided to rap about politics or whatever, um, you well, think, be a and, and I think
1: your Christian worldview would would permeate that music if yeah. that's really what you've submitted your whole life to. It's going to permeate it. And you know, I mean, like for example, with a Christian plumber, like or even in my jobs, you know, the jobs that I have worked. I think my relationship with Christ has been reflected in the work that I do, the way that I treat people, how yeah. I handle situations that come up, um, and and I think it's just one of those things that if if your life is submitted to it, Christ is going to show up. You know, I don't think it's even a conscious decision you have to make. Mm-hmm. I think it's just something that's going to happen naturally.
2: Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you for that perspective. I think that's a really good perspective. Um, let me let me ask you this: How do you feel that you fit into kind of the local church model, knowing that this art form has been traditionally hard? For people to accept.
1: Now, I mean, if we're talking about specific churches, you know, I don't know how deep you want to dive into it, but like, you know, more or less, the church that I'm a part of traditionally has not seen this as um, (laughs) an art form to be used. Um, But you know, honestly, I've seen a lot of success and a lot of receptiveness to what we do or what I do in multiple local churches. Like when when it comes to a local church, you like. You know honestly when you think about like a concert or a rapper, you might put them on a like a i guess on a pedestal to an extent because you really admire their music or their or their music really touches you in a certain way or you really enjoy listening to it. But on the local church level, it's really about just connecting with the audiences right there and what you could do for them or, or how you can move them and shift their thinking right there so it really becomes a situation where we fit in almost perfectly because the idea is not to be elevated. The idea is not to be on a pedestal. The idea is to be humble, relational, and in many ways, it's, you know, pastoral. So it's really kind of cool to see how Christian rap actually fits into the local church model by, you know, uh, ministering to the young and uh, the young adults and, and youth in their church or, um, you know, providing guidance and providing, like, a safe outlet for people to engage in. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, there are churches that aren't really receptive to it, you know. in, in the same way, like— there's there's people that aren't in the church at all who are super receptive to my music, yeah. right? But people in the church maybe don't understand the the music itself, like the drums and the the synthesizers might throw them off. But I think there is a balance to be struck where we can be extremely effective, I think, in the local church model. But it's only if if I think uh, I, I, only if I think if they're ready for it. I would hate to go into a local church and from anyone's perspective be damaging, right? I don't mind risk taking or or you know pushing the envelope, but I would hate to be the cause for division or arguments rising in the church because of people not wanting to be receptive to it. But um, I definitely think there is a, a lane for it. it. Just depends on where it's at and and who's involved. Gotcha.
2: Um, do you when you when you talk about marketing or you talk about kind of the 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 platform that you're on? Do you the do you seek out uh, the Christian audience or do you? What kind of sphere do you operate in when you're putting out music like this?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I definitely do operate in the Christian sphere, um, you know, quite a bit. And I'm not going to say like um, like there isn't a business aspect to it because obviously I want people to listen to my music, you know, buy my music, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. So I'm appealing to people that I think have the most relationship with the message. Um, but it definitely doesn't keep me shied away from or not submitting uh, my music to different websites or different people. You know, I, I've performed at secular events where I know that there's not one Christian in there, right? But I literally am on stage proclaiming God's name, proclaiming the name of Christ and getting a great response from it. So what that tells me is that people are willing and open to this message. And especially if the music is on a level that's comparable to what they're used to hearing. You know, I've like, for more or less, uh, for more or less lack of a better term, you know, you don't want to be whack, right? (laughs) Like that's a terminology we use in the culture. Like you don't want to be really bad at your craft. If you're great at your craft, and the message is there. People are going to resonate with it or respect it at the very least because they know that you're talented. But I mean, you know, overall, I would say like 80-20 is my audience. About eighty percent are believers or in some way affiliated with the church, and about twenty percent aren't. But oftentimes, I see those twenty percent, you know, going harder for me than even maybe some of the Christians, which is kind of crazy to see, but um, still really awesome.
2: And I and I appreciate that a lot. I I one of my favorite quotes is from. Uh, the founder of the of Catalyst, um, uh, by Brad Lominick. he says uh, excellence attracts culture, and if you're not oh, doing absolutely. it, if you're not doing it excellently, then it's not worth doing at all. Um, I don't make any money mm-hmm. from this podcast. And I've dumped like a thousand bucks into it just just, yeah. just getting it started the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there is a lot to be said about doing something the right way, doing something well. Um, you just mm-hmm. you gain an audience with people when you do something well. Hey, you just mm-hmm. do. Uh, they respect you so much more. And even if they don't agree with you, they're still willing to listen at least mm-hmm. because you've shown that you care. Um,
1: Absolutely. And I think you might have – like if you were to talk to somebody else who is completely geared and focused on like the Christian audience, I think that you would see a different response from the secular. And, and not even because of the message but because there's a certain standard that's on – in both of those areas, yeah. right? So like the Christian market, you know, uh, realistically has a lower bar or a lower standard and that's not going to fly with the messaging, coupled with the messaging, that's not going to fly in the secular market. Like, let's be honest, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where, yeah, you have to do it in excellence. And if you don't, you can kind of expect what you get. But God's been so good, man. And, um, you know, I, I praise him and give him glory for all those situations that happen or those opportunities, but there's definitely a standard that I have to hold myself to if I want to reach more than more than just the Christians, you know? Gotcha.
2: Okay, so I kind of want to talk about this because I've been really excited about this. Um, I saw all, those, all the stuff you were releasing on Instagram and, and on social media about this, and so I got really hyped, and then you dropped this album, and I've been listening to it nonstop. Um, <laughs> so can you, can you tell me a little bit about, um, about your new album, how it came to be, what it's called, um, all of that? Can you just kind of give me some background on this album?
1: Yeah, so, so the the project is called Eden, and um, the, the background is kind of interesting, and I actually released a Spotify playlist to kind of like tell the story a little bit better, but uh, I was signed to a label about a year ago, and um, there was a lot of talk and a lot of discussion about releasing an album, so I was getting everything for the album together. Ultimately, the, the label dissolved, and I didn't release the album, so Eden is kind of like more or less tracks that were supposed to be a part of this album that I was going to do that never came out. And I was able to kind of put them together, uh, add in some new songs, and I think come up together with something really dope. But I think the story is still there. But Eden, to me, is just talking about, um, you know, we have the story of creation and the fall, right? And I think that there's a lot of powerful things that we can pull from that, but I don't think there's anything to be discounted from we are taking bites of that apple still today. You know, we are hearing God's voice and still turning against it today. And I think you kind of see that thematically throughout the entire record from records like Flood to, you know, wide awake, to rewind that and how like we're really, you know, caught up in this lifestyle that's going to lead to a destruction that we don't really want, but we keep taking the bites of the apple anyways, you know? So like when it came to the cover art and, and, you know, the ways I was looking to incorporate it, I really wanted to highlight like this hand grabbing the apple, you know, like this hand, this filthy hand grabbing this apple that looks appetizing, looks appealing, you know, just like things in the world do right now but leads only to one, to one path. And that's kind of what I wanted to, to highlight with Eden was to refocus people's minds around this idea that, you know, we literally have the, we literally have Eden right now in Christ, but we keep turning away from it and taking that bite. And that's what the thematically the project was really going to uh, represent for me.
2: Um, so this took you what, like a, a little over a year to kind of put together, would, would you say?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny, but I mean, yeah, that's just about right. I had all these songs ready since November of 2016. All these songs were ready to go. They were written, um, not recorded because I I did some scratch tracks, you know, just to kind of get a reference. But all these songs were, the beats were ready. um, The mixing on the beats was ready. The writing was done everything was ready to go. But um, as you probably knew in like November, 2016, the label dissolved, but I also got married. I went on my honeymoon. My wife got pregnant and we moved, so there's been a lot of things happening from November till now, and um, it just made the most sense just to wait and put it out in October. Gotcha.
2: Well, and by the way, I never got to tell you, but congrats on literally all of that. Um,
1: I, Thanks. I know it's been a while time, Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. No,
2: I've been super happy for you, and and I remember all the I remember seeing you moving to California, and 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 kind of embarking on this new kind of family journey. So I've been super excited to to track with you, and and it's awesome to see you still working on this Um, and and to see this this come together. I know a lot of people when they start to settle down, uh, they tend to drop off the creative side because they've got all these new responsibilities. But you've this is something you this is something that you've really dedicated yourself to. Um, Yeah, I mean, it literally is like the blood that that flows through your veins uh i could see it all over when i met you just um this has been something that's so important to you so i'm just so glad to see it as something you're still doing and putting out amazing work
1: so, thank you appreciate um, it um
2: so how can people how can people get a hold of of eden how can people find it
1: yeah i mean you know any any place that sells or retails music on the web you can find it so spotify you know apple music itunes um soundcloud youtube any pretty much anywhere you could find music you'll be able to find the project um, and yeah, you, I would encourage everyone to check it out and, and really just enjoy it for what it is. You know, if you've never heard Christian rap or if you're on the fence about what, you know, what, what that even is or what it sounds like, I think Eden is a good way to get your feet wet. You know, it's still, it's still got every element of Christian rap or rap. And, um, you know, obviously the message of Christ is is in every song.
2: Um, if there was, um, someone who listens to rap a lot, right? Like they, they were going to check you out. They hadn't had a chance yet. They're going to look you up. Um, mm-hmm. Who would you say kind of has influenced your style, um, whether it's your flow, whether it's your uh, lyricism, whatever it is, like who who would you say are kind of your, your influences that way?
1: You know, it's so tough to say like, I, I get this question and I don't really know how to respond in a way <laughs> that's accurate as possible. Well, because I mean, I, you know, and you could tell me if I'm wrong and maybe I'm just not hearing it, but I don't really think that I take after any, artists really honestly i don't think the music or or the flows or the the rhyme schemes really take after an artist but um you know as far as the influence goes there, there's a couple of i think groups and people that really influence me i think kendrick lamar you know love him <laughs> hate him whatever the case is however you view yeah. his his impact on culture you know i love what he's been able to do and i love how he uses his platform kendrick, so, yeah. um there's a couple of Oh, yeah, I mean, he's got he's got phenomenal work. You want to talk about excellence, you know, as far as what he presents. Maybe not the message, you know, I'm not advocating his message, but um, the way he presents everything, the way that he lays things out and, and thematically tells his story is incredible. Um, there's another group, Beautiful Eulogy, who I'm, I'm really in love with. They got um, just great music, uh, great lyrics, really God-fearing um, theological uh, approach to the way that they do their music. Um, Beautiful Eulogy, Kendrick Lamar. I mean, there's there's so many. I mean, I could name off. Uh, probably a bunch of secular people that people would turn their nose up at, so I don't want to do that. Um, But yeah, I mean, those would probably be a good basis and a good foundation. Um, There's also some instrumentalists like Bonobo, who's an instrumentalist artist, who as far as sonically his beats and the way that he structures his instrumentals, I really pulled a lot of inspiration from that as well. So I'd probably say out of those three, you know, if you can imagine a mashup, if they had a child, yeah, that's yeah. probably more or less what we're kind of looking yeah, at. That makes sense, and I would
2: agree. Like I, you know, it doesn't seem like you've really been been heavily, heavily influenced, right? Like I don't, I don't hear a lot of other styles of flow. Like when I when I hear your stuff, I, I hear something that's pretty unique. Um, and I don't just mean that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I don't just mean that as like a marketing thing. Like I, I mean that, like when I hear you, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't kind of know who he sounds like. Um, though I will say the second you said the yeah. word Kendrick Lamar sky city came to my mind. Um,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: just, uh, <laughs> just as a, like,
1: that, that's probably pretty accurate. That's uh, fair. <laughs> and, and,
2: and I don't mean that like, I love Kendrick. I love what he's done. And you're right. While I don't always yeah. advocate his message, what he's able to do creatively is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I
2: remember I think it was Eminem made him sit down in a room and write, I think, 16 lines
1: um, uh, because he thought he he had a
2: ghostwriter. He didn't believe that Kendrick was the one who could write. So it's it's just like that dude is insane. Um, Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. um, Well, Davis, I know you kind of have to go soon. So let me just ask you um, any final thoughts on this whole thing for you, your journey or what for other people maybe – Um, Just any final thoughts that you have on this?
1: Yeah, I I would just say like, look, you know, I come from a conservative background, super conservative, and me doing this is even risky, risk-taking. You know, I I can't really share my gift with my church oftentimes, and I want to make sure that, you know, um, I'm able to reach as many people as possible, but also be respectful and mindful of that. You know, there are people who aren't ready for this, but if you're listening to this and you've been on the fence like, hey, maybe this is something I can check out and kind of get into... Please do. You know, I'm not not saying it's with me, and I'm not saying that everything is edifying for everybody. But um, Christian rap has honestly changed lives, and I've I've seen people hit me up that would have never heard the gospel message any other way, and heard it with my music. Praise God, and come into a relationship with Him. So, if you haven't heard Christian rap, I would encourage you to check it out, even if it's not me. And yeah, just give it a chance. And by the way, um, I'm not a huge fan of his or kind of the way that. I think he carries the message of Christ entirely, but a Christian rapper actually has the number one album in the nation right now. So get on the train while it's still early yeah, and <laughs> become a fan. So that's <laughs>
2: um, And, and <laughs> let me tell you, um, I actually never got the chance to tell you this, but when I met you back in Arizona um, and we talked about beautiful eulogy, we talked about um, all these different artists, like you actually were a big part in saving my love for Christian music in general. Um, I was like, I was at like wit's end. I was like, man, I'm so sick of like just generic worship music. And you were the one that kind of opened the door for me. Um, and I remember bumping beautiful eulogy all summer long, um, on repeat. (laughs) Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're incredible. Um, man. so
2: let me tell you, uh, let me ask you, how can people find you or follow you, interact with you? What are the ways that they can find you?
1: Yeah, it's uh, Davis Absolute, so Davis, D-A-V-I-S, and then Absolute, just the word Absolute um, in Pursuit of Absolute Truth. You can just check me out on any social media at Davis Absolute. I'm usually everywhere. I love to talk with people and shop it up. So feel free to reach out. Feel free to hit me up, and uh, yeah, praise God that you're able to uh, listen to this and uh, partake in something pretty awesome.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you, man. Um, Thank you for coming on and for sharing a bit of your journey, and I do hope— uh, I, I pray and, and hope the best for you as you continue. Uh, as you continue in this this kind of really hard to navigate area, but is so needed. Um, man, super pumped
1: for you. Likewise, Ryan. Appreciate you having me. Thanks so much.
2: So there you have it. Our conversation with Davis Absolute. I really hope you enjoyed this. He didn't have a ton of time. There's a lot more that I would have loved to talk about, but I think that. A lot of what he has said there, there's a lot of truth to it. When he talks about, um, especially, I, I really resonated with this, and this is kind of what shifted my worldview around around Christian anything really um, is his discussion that you know, if you believe it, if you've bought out into this message, if you're a follower of Christ, then that is going to naturally permeate everything you do. Now, this is an idea that I've been kind of toying with, anyways. I've kind of been diving into regardless, but. Uh, his com- this conversation really kind of cemented it in my mind, uh, because it's true. I don't hire a plumber or, or you know, I don't hire a electrician. I don't hire uh, a lawyer. You know, I don't hire people based on the fact that they market themselves um, as a Christian, whatever they are. You know, and, and I don't know of many people who do. I mean, sure, you may hear someone that says they prefer to hire someone who's Christian, um, especially in like, you know, if it comes to a lawyer or something. But like most people just want someone who's competent in what they do and who rap, who talks or does whatever they're passionate about. So when it comes to Christian music, you know when it comes to Christian rap, Christian acoustic, whatever, like I don't even know that it's worth us putting that label on it anymore. Um, it makes much more sense to me to to say um, he is an artist who is a Christian because we're also by doing it we we put people in a box, I think. And see, so so if we paint someone like Davis Absolute as a Christian rapper, right, then he's never allowed to, in our minds, rap about anything else because we've said, no, you are a Christian rapper. And somehow we've put that that decision in our box. We put that decision in our minds of of what kind of artist he is supposed to be. And the second he deviates from that, then he's sinning, he's falling away, he's a terrible human being, whatever. And that's not a pressure that he needs. That's not that's not even our decision to make it's his music and that he wants to put out. Uh, We saw this happen with Lecrae actually um, when it comes, when it came to bigger, um, when it comes to someone who, who is really mainstream, the second he started rapping about things that were really important, like racial prejudice or or, or racism, things like that, social justice stuff. um, His fan base turned on him. They said, he's no longer this, this safe rapper that we liked. He's no longer, um, you know, he's no longer who we thought he was. And it's not, to me, when I hear that, it's not, he's not who we thought he was. It's not who we decided he was because for some reason, as fans, we tend to put people in whatever we decide, whatever box we decide they belong in. And because of that, them as a creative, them as an individual, they're not allowed to express themselves fully unless it's through that lens and that box that we have put them in. And so this is a problem. I think this is huge and i think this limits our ability to fully appreciate individuals for who they are um i play tennis uh you know in my spare time i don't i'm not a christian tennis player i just play tennis um same deal you know i so th- i think we need to to jump away from this this labeling system of oh he's a christian um or he's a christian rapper or they're a christian singer or songwriter whatever uh they're a christian band i think we just need to let people be who they want to be um, and and in the artistic sphere, in the music sphere, um, it, I I don't know that it would be entirely wrong for us to treat it like we do um, others. I don't see um, I don't see people with with branded branded cars walking around saying uh, with, that says I'm a Christian uh, whatever on it. So why do we do it to musicians? Why do we do it to artists? Um, I think we need to 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 shift away from that, and I get the whole segmented. I need to know who I can listen to and who's safe, and and everything else. I, I I I get that, and so I'm okay with us saying they are a Christian, but to expect someone who has not said so explicitly themselves that this is what they are always going to be doing, um, to expect that of someone when um, when they haven't said so is is wrong in my opinion. Oh, and um, there's one more thing that I haven't brought up yet that I forgot to bring up. So we recorded this, uh, we recorded this episode in October, actually, of 2017. So you're hearing this just about four months afterwards. Which means Eden has been on Spotify, iTunes, the, the rest of it, uh, for a few months now. And Davis is on working on other projects and and moving forward. Um, you should still go check out Eden. Absolutely, it's on my saved songs on my Spotify. It's uh, an album that I check out pretty regularly. Actually, I love the album. But he he mentions another rapper that was currently at number, I think it was number one in the interview. Um, That rapper is NF. He is another rapper. He actually takes a lot of inspiration from Eminem, um, but he is someone who has um, a lot of kind of Christian themes and, and and overtones permeating his music. Um, But he doesn't even describe himself as a Christian rapper because not everything that he raps about is expressly about Christ or about, about being a Christian. He just is. And I think um, we need to accept that, <laughs> right? I, I I just do. But that's if you're curious about what other rapper we were talking about, it's NF. Um, great guy, great, awesome, awesome music coming from him. So you can check him out as well. Um, before I let you go, I do want to let you know. Um, once again, we have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/absurditypodcast. So go check us out there. Uh, listen to or go listen to the video that's on there. Watch it. Um, and please consider donating. Uh, any any amount to this podcast, uh, all my patrons will get episodes or raw interviews a week in advance uh, of the episode actually releasing. And soon we'll have uh, a few more Patreon or uh, patron only uh, gifts and and surprises coming. But that for now, that's that's what we have. So um, if you just really like what what I'm doing here and want to support, that is the best way to do it. Um, you can find us on iTunes, CastBox, any, any podcasting thing, except I think Podbean, but that's a whole other thing. So, um, go check us out there. Uh, leave a review. If you, if you find us on iTunes, it is super helpful to me. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, if you have suggestions, feedback, or, or comments for the show, Ryan one eight zero Becker at gmail.com and Twitter is at Ryan one eight zero Becker. Very, very simple, very clean and, and to the point. So there you go um thanks thank you guys for listening to this episode of absurdity with davis absolute make sure you go check him out on spotify itunes uh everywhere you can find music uh his his stuff is really awesome and i'll include some links in the episode description we'll see you guys next week Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.